Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Hey, anybody got any resolutions? Man, how many people are actually going to last longer than two weeks with these ones? Anybody? Is anybody going to do it? Is anybody going to do it? Hey, I've got, I've got one. I've got a couple, actually. I've got, actually, I started doing the word of the year. I know my mom does it. It's kind of cheesy or whatever. Uh, but I've got a word for the year. This year, I'm going to be built different, right? God's going to do some cool things through what God is doing in my life personally. But um, I have a resolution that I'm excited to share with you. Uh, it's to speak less and listen more in 2023. <laughs> Yeah, I know you guys think that's because I'm trying to be a better leader, which I mean, that in turn, I might be, I uh, might be, uh, but really, it is the product of me not knowing when to shut my mouth. <laughs> Anybody else? Insert foot and mouth, right? Like, I'm the king of insert foot and mouth, and I was trying to think of a way that I can describe what that looks like for you, even though most of us probably have inserted our foot right in our mouth, said things we didn't mean to say, but then I ran across this really low-quality video, <laughs> it's like really low-quality, don't judge me, uh, of Bill Cosby being interviewed by Jay Leno, and I think he just has the best story ever. So let's watch this video. Tell a story about Ray shaving. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, it, it, the story happens to be when you start to say something, sometimes things come out of your mouth, and you, you start to say something, and you, you want to stop it, but it just keeps coming. Right, right. So, so I'm, uh, we're playing Harris Reno, and we finish nighttime, and, and uh, Ray calls, says, uh, you come up to my room? I said, yeah. So I go up to the room, I ring the doorbell, and Ray opens the door. So I'm standing with the light on me, but behind Ray, I just see pitch black in, in his room, just pitch black. So I said, Ray, you want to see me? So Ray said, yeah, come on in. So I come in, he closes the door. Now it's even pitchier. <laughs> it's even pitchier. So Ray says, follow me. So I said, uh, I think I'm going to have to. <laughs> so, so I put my hand on his shoulder and we walk, and he, take, he takes me to his bathroom and it's pitch black. <laughs> my eyes begin to adjust and I can see Ray and I hear the water running and I see the sink and I'm leaning on the, uh, the, the doorway and Ray Charles is shaving in the dark. So I said, Ray, why are you shaving? And, and all of a sudden my brain, don't say it, don't say it. But, but it just kept coming out. Shaving in the dark. So, 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 Ray, so Ray, said, Ray said, turn the lights on. And I, and I did. He said, you feel better now? That has to be like the most epic insert foot and mouth when Bill Cosby, love him or hate him, right? And Bill Cosby tells Ray Charles, hey, why do you shave with the lights off and he's, he's blind, yeah. And so it really doesn't matter in that moment whether he shaves you know, in the Q-beam or in the dark. And uh, I, that, that's me this past year and probably multiple years prior. My wife can agree, nodding head, yes. That's me, I put my foot in my mouth sometimes 
And this year, I want to speak less and I want to listen more. And the cool thing about this, though, is that whenever I feel like I can beat myself up for speaking too much or saying too much, I can always look to the Bible and find somebody who did the same exact thing. Don't you love that about the Bible, that it's actually a living document? And you know that they're actually working through things that you and I are working through right now? If we, if we flip over to Mark 9, which is where we're going to find our text today, you're going to see somebody, a man in the Bible, who literally shoves his foot, and it will not literally, but he shoves his foot in his mouth. If he could literally do it, I, I need pointers because I'm not that flexible, right? But he puts his foot in his mouth by something that he says, and he really thinks that he shouldn't have said it. But before we get that, as you're turning to Mark 9, let's say our congregational prayer together today, loud and clear with a 2023 volume. Here we go. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Here we are, Mark 9. Jesus and several of his disciples just fed the 4,000. They had walked by the man at the pool of Bethesda who had been healed. They were making their way back down from the Mount of Transfiguration to meet up with the other nine disciples, and they encountered a group of teachers and religious leaders arguing around a desperate father who had intentionally brought his ailing son into the way of Jesus had intentionally heard he was coming and put him in his path. Today, this is where we pick up Mark 9, 14. And today, I want to share a message with you called Our God Can. Our God Can. Here's how we pick off. This is quite a bit of scripture, so lean in with me, okay? If you didn't drink coffee, that's on you. We had plenty out there. Lean in with me as we read this scripture. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around and teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit and has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive him out, but they couldn't. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. The spirit saw Jesus, and it immediately threw the boy into another convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at his mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water trying to kill him. I love, this is where he puts his foot in his mouth. But if you can do anything, oh, bless this guy's heart. Take pity on us and help us. And I love Jesus' divine sarcasm. He says, if, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. So the spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. But the boy looked as much as like a corpse and many said, well, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet and he stood up. When Jesus went to the house, his followers began to ask him privately, why weren't we able to force out the evil spirit. And Jesus answered, that kind of spirit's only forced out by prayer. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you, God, that we serve you who is a God who can. God, that even when circumstances don't turn up and turn out the way that we see, Father, 
You're always there and you're always able. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I think we've all had, if you can, moments with God. Where we've gone through something or we're going through something and we say, Jesus, if you can simply blank, then do it. And I think God sits in heaven and he goes, if, if, I, if I can? Have you forgotten that I'm the king of the universe? I, I created everything. I flung the stars in the sky. I was here and I hovered above the waters before you were even thought of. If I, if I can fix that thing? And it's funny, if we fast forward into Mark 10, which is the next text, Jesus actually tells a group of people to come to him like a child. Come to him like a child. And the funny thing is about that, like I, if you were to interview my six-year-old son, Ben, like we did on Christmas Eve, he'd probably tell you, oh yeah, my dad can do anything. My dad can do anything, right? He's clearly never tried to see me run record time around a track, right? <laughs> clearly not seen that. But as kids, Jesus says, come to me like a kid. So we go to him, we go to our father even, like, like a kid and we say, well, he, he, he can't do any wrong. He can do anything. He can do anything but fail. I mean, my dad is amazing. But as we get older, I remember when my dad traded in his flip phone for an iPhone. I realized my dad has limits, guys. It was like, yeah, man, um, you actually touch the screen, dad. Like, there's no keypad anymore. Like, it's inside of the software. So all of a sudden, my dad wasn't able to do everything. I began to learn his limitations. I began to learn what he was able to do. And you see, often we look at our heavenly father how we look at our father. And we say, well, if you can, because you have limits, God, because my earthly father had limits, so therefore you must have them too if I call you father. Where we get into this belief pattern that God has limits and it's just simply not true because our God can. He can anything. And maybe today you came into this new year and you're saying, Mike, I hear you, our God can in most situations, but he can in my situation because it's just too hard. It's just, here's, here's a new word you see a lot online, right? It's just too complicated. It's just too Eh, it's weird. Like, I think you probably could maybe in their situation. It looks a little more simple, right? It's just a favor and promotion. Mine's a little more, a little more detailed. It's just too hard. But, but let me refresh you today with this simple truth. It's biblical. It's theologically sound. You cannot overwhelm or surprise a sovereign God. Because our God can. There's no way to overwhelm a God who can. So today I want us to delete doubt and foster faith by sharing five really quick ways with you that our God can based upon this story we see in Mark 9. You guys ready? You guys ready? If you're taking notes, the first one is this. Our God can even when we don't feel it. Even when we don't feel it, we know that our God can. Verse 15 the people have been fighting in verse 14, bickering, yelling, and arguing about religious topics. But verse 15, as soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. You see, because Jesus walks into chaotic situations and things change. He walks in and they change. And they begin to shift. And he wants to walk into your chaotic situation and change it. And they had a chaotic argument happening and he comes on the scene and people were awestruck by Jesus. They dropped the argument and they ran to Jesus. But sadly, their emotions didn't last. And can I be honest with you? Their faith in Jesus, their faith in religion was overwhelmed by their circumstance. Does that sound familiar? 
I, I don't know about you, but like church can be exciting, right? We just had a worship set and uh, Wes and the team, I mean, fully anointed by God, like called in the presence of heaven. Just amazing, right? We had a great time in worship and I really felt the presence of God and I got the tinglys on the back of my neck and there was lights and fog and uh, I mean, it was just amazing, right? Aren't you thankful for like a state-of-the-art facility where it's not like all the time cracking and you know, the speakers are falling on people's heads and whatever. Like there's all this energy that we get on Sunday. I don't know about you, but I leave Sunday morning sometimes and I could tackle a bear. I could literally tackle a bear. I mean, I'm not going to try it, but I probably could if I tried, right? Like I, I, could, I could go punch the devil in the face. If he was a human standing at the door, I would just be like, bang, right hook, right? He's dead. He's done for. I just leave this place so energetic sometimes, but I wake up Monday morning sometimes and I'm flat because I get in my feelings. I get in my feelings and I, I got news for you. I'm not going to be sitting by your bed playing acoustic when you wake up. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that'd be creepy, number one. Um, I only do that for my wife. I play the guitar at the end of the bed when she's not feeling well to try to bring the presence of the Lord in and we pray with each other. When we had our son, we had music playing, right? Like, I'm not going to do that for you because that'd be creepy. It's like, oh, well, good morning, Mike. That's <laughs> kind of awkward. But isn't it crazy how we can get so locked into emotions that we lose connections with God? We get locked into these feelings so deeply and we're on a high mountain one moment and we're absolutely numb the next. Absolutely numb the next. And tomorrow morning, we may not feel it when we wake up, but I've just got a real simple truth to share with you. God is God, whether you feel it or not. He's still on the throne, and our God can, even when you don't feel like it. There's a difference between feeling it and feeling like it, and sometimes you just don't feel like being a Christian, okay? Sometimes it's easier to be worldly. It's easier to make, you know, to, to go around things and not use integrity and not use discernment and not ask God what to do, because it's a lot harder to actually sit back and foster faith and say, God, feelings aside, what should I do? Feelings aside, what should I do? Emotions eradicated, what should I do? It's a lot easier to take the easy route and not make that decision. On your best day, on your worst day, God doesn't change, but we do. But our faith shouldn't be limited by our feelings. I love how Proverbs 3 says it, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Any sort of reactions or emotions we have typically flow from the root of our understanding. We're hurt because we don't understand people. So therefore we lash out and we live in bitterness. But if we were to evict understanding and take on the grace and the faith that God has called us to and say, feelings, you have no power. I, I recognize that you're there, but you have no power. Faith, take control. Whatever you're going through today, however it makes you feel, just remember our, our God can we can't settle for emotion when God is asking for connection. We need to declare this today. We won't sway by feelings. We will stay by faith. I won't be swayed by my feelings. I'll be stayed. The Bible says, having done all else, stand, which means being stayed upon the Lord, even when we don't feel like it. Waking up at 5 a.m. and spending time with him, even when we have better things we could do, sometimes sleeping. I will be stayed upon the Lord. The Bible also says, I will fix myself on him. I'll be fixed on faith, not fixed on feelings. But faith wouldn't be faith if it went right the first time, every time. 
Don't you wish you could go right the first time, every single time, like anybody else? Like, I mean, I wish I could just like do whatever I feel like God's telling me to do and it just, boop, fixes. Kind of like a mechanic, right? If you know the, the alternator's going bad and they diagnose it, alternator's in, if the balance of battery's good, boop, it's good. Whew. Man, I dodged a bullet there. That, was, that could have been really expensive. But faith wouldn't be faith if it went right the first time every time. This leads me to the second way that we can trust him today. Our God can even when the first attempt fails. Even when the first attempt fails. Verse 18, the father says to Jesus, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus shows a little bit of his humanity, doesn't step out of line or sin, but he says, oh, you faithless generation. I mean, for real, do I have to bail you out again? Have you not been listening to my teachings? But the disciples tried once and it didn't take, and then here comes Jesus. The disciples were doing the best they could with what they had. Trust me, they were devoted. They had had an awakening with Christ. They had encountered Jesus. It's not like they just went willy-nilly saying, well, if it doesn't work, Jesus is on the way, so whoop. No, they gave everything they could, knew what they, do, uh, what they could do, and they did it. And they were like many of us. They were strengthened by God, but subject to humanity. Because at the end of the day, we all have access to the power and the strength of God, amen? But then sometimes that humanity comes in. Sometimes that inability to, to capitalize or go all the way through settles in. And the father, on the other hand, the disciples were like, hey, I'm sorry, we, we can't deliver your son. And they kind of back off. And the father's like, but I'm gonna stay by him. I'm gonna stay with my ailing son. And I think not only does that show his resolve and his strength, that also shows us how our heavenly father is. He stays on the scene even when failure begins. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't walk out. He doesn't give in. He doesn't give up. People might fail us and walk out and leave. Uh, situations might fail us and leave us broken, but God never leaves us. He stands firm. He doesn't give in or give up after the first, second, third, fourth, even fifth attempt. So maybe today your business is failing, your marriage is failing, your job is failing. You don't have any hope for the future. Your relationships are falling apart. Everything seems to be on the rocks. You're trying, you've tried some more, but you're just ready to give up. But here's the deal. You can cry out all you want. It's not working. It's not working. But sometimes we need to add a word. It's not working yet. It's not working yet. I have faith that it, it's not working yet, but I believe that it's not working yet, but it will because our God can. Hang on, the miracle's right over the horizon. You're closer than you think you are today than you've ever been before. Closer than you were yesterday, maybe even closer than you were two hours ago, but it's on the way. And the question is not, will God show up? The question is, will you still be there when he shows up? How many people stop trying one attempt shy of breakthrough? How many people stop giving it all they have one try shy of seeing their miracle come to pass? 
And I believe that's for somebody today. In 2023, you will not be denied. You're gonna push until you can't push anymore. And then guess what you're gonna do after that? You're gonna push because God's gonna give you power. He's gonna give you understanding. He's gonna give you grace. He's gonna look at you and say, son, on who I'm well pleased, do not give up now because I am with you and I'm pushing with you. No devil in hell or power on earth will overcome you because you'll declare in the deepest situations, our God can. Our God can. He's never late. He's rarely early, but my God is always on time. He's always on time. Trust his timing today. And people might argue with you like you see in the text. They may argue with you. They might even fail you and leave you, but God won't because he'll never leave you or forsake you. And even after the failed first, second, third, fourth, fifth, however many attempts you make, Stand firm because you know that our God can. I think of Emmett Smith, Florida Gator running back, played in the NFL, actually holds a lot of records in the NFL. He ran for over 18,000 yards, more than many players ever will. But he got tackled every 4.2 yards if you look at the statistics. Every 4.2 yards. What was the secret to his success? He got back up. He got back up. And today maybe you feel like you've been tackled in the backfield for a loss but I want to tell you, get back up. The Bible says that a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up eight. Get back up because our God can. Our God can. It's not over. It's not over. So not only is he able when we don't feel it, not only is he able even after we've tried time and time and time and time and time again, that leads me to my third idea today, which is our God can, even when it gets worse before it gets better. And this one right here requires real faith. This isn't that Sunday only. This isn't that Christmas and Easter only. This isn't that casual uh, one night stand faith. No, no, this is that intimate relationship faith. That when God speaks a promise to your heart and to your life and it only gets worse before it gets better, you can still find yourself standing. You can still find yourself resolved in the fact that God can and God will. You see this in verse 20. So they, the people, brought him to Jesus. When the spirit saw Jesus, it threw the boy into a convulsion. He began to roll around and foam at the mouth and they thought he was dead for sure. It got worse before it got better. You see, the, the father had faith that Jesus was the answer. The disciples came, they couldn't deliver. And then it got worse before it got better. It got worse before it got better. Jesus shows up, asks for the boy. The father must have started to feel a little bit better and then the boy started losing it as soon as Jesus approaches him. It got worse. And that was just Satan showing off. That was Satan showing off. And so many of us stop showing up when Satan starts showing off. <laughs> I don't know how many times in my life I feel the opposition of hell coming against my life and against my family and against my gifting and against my calling and I've got this temptation to stop showing up. So many people live shy of our God can because they stop showing up when Satan starts showing off. Come on, don't let his sorry attacks concern you. He's got no new tricks. He's got three, steal, kill, destroy. He's weak, he's feeble. And by the way, if you haven't read the end of the book, he's defeated. Like he's, he's weak. He's got no armor. He has to run at the mention of a, of a name. I mean, a J-E-S-U-S, and it's five letters, you say it, and he's gone. He shows off. 
He shows up, but so do you. And Jesus didn't seem concerned. What did he do? The boy hit the ground, starts rolling, foaming at the mouth, and he does a Dr. Phil moment. He's like, um, hey, dad, how long has this been going on? And the dad's like, uh, his whole life. Are you gonna like do something? He's rolling around in the dirt and foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog. Like, are we good here? Are we good? Like, is Jesus, he just, he, he's cool as a cucumber. And you know why? Because God doesn't get nervous. <laughs> God doesn't walk in depression and anxiety. He's not frustrated and freaked out when something happens. And when the devil comes and he rears his ugly little head, God's not nervous. He, he doesn't get nervous because the devil shows off. God's not worried, stressed out, frantic, running around the house. Oh, what do we do now? What do we do now? What do we do now? Show me one time in the Bible where he gets frantic. He doesn't. He doesn't freak out. He doesn't run out of resource. He's got everything you need, and he'll supply all your needs according to his word. He doesn't get freaked out. But maybe you said, hey, I hear you, Mike. I hear you. I hear you. But I was tithing, and I got laid off. I was tithing, and I got laid off. How, why can't I freak out? Well, God either supplies your needs or he doesn't. He's either a provider or he's not. Because in the nature of God, when leaned upon him, we have every resource we possibly need. Maybe you say, well, my guy went to counseling, but guess what? My husband still wants divorce. He still wants divorce. He, he wants, is the paper signed or is it not? Does he complete everything that he begins or does he not? Like God is not a man that he will lie. He cannot be contrary to his word because he is the word. The word became flesh. The word was God. The word was with God. It was Jesus and he can't. And because of that, he doesn't get nervous. He doesn't freak out. And you know what? Stuff happens. Life gets hard. But our God still does what he says he's gonna do. It's a whole different level of faith to still believe that God still can and God will when things get worse before they get better. I think of it this way. Think of an army general going into battle and he reports back to his colonel and he says, hey, uh, hey man, I gotta tell you something. They're fighting back and it's really hard so we're just gonna quit. <laughs> It'd be like... Um, how about you run in the front of the battle and just go ahead and wipe yourself out because that kind of attitude, you're not gonna win anything. That's not how God's called us. He's called us to say, you know, we're losing ground. We're losing ground. But just because you've lost ground doesn't mean you've lost God. Just because I've lost hope doesn't mean that I've lost the hope that he provides. Just because I've lost what I feel like is purpose doesn't by any means feel like I've lost my position at the table with Jesus. It's because you've lost ground doesn't mean you've lost God. The true test of faith is having the ability to move forward even when the enemy is actively trying to stop you and things get worse before they get better. God's not nervous and neither will you be in 2023. You're gonna square your shoulders back and you're gonna remind the devil, you might wanna act that way and show off, but guess what? I'm gonna keep showing up because my God can, my God will, and he's gonna supply every need according to his word and his riches and glory. And that's gonna be the position we we take. And maybe the, the pressure you're facing today, maybe it has a purpose. Maybe there's something locked up inside of it. The struggles aren't sent from God. They can be used by God. God is cultivating strength in the midst of your struggle. The struggle was not meant to leave you stranded. It was meant to leave you strengthened. 
The struggle was not meant to leave you stranded. God is with you. Friends, God is with you and he's for you. It wasn't meant to leave you stranded. It was meant to leave you strengthened. The very thing that you think the devil's going to use to destroy you, God is going to use to develop you. So be developed. Keep your mind fixed on him. Keep your faith intact. Be focused on God. Because our God can, even when we don't feel it. Our God can, even when the first attempt fails. Our God can, even when it gets worse before it gets better. Leads me to my next thought. Our God can, even when the crowds disagree. See, we see it right here, 26, 27, verse 26, 27. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many people said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he stood up. Many thought the boy was dead. The same crowd that was excited about Jesus when he walked into the town is now the same crowd that said, yeah, we knew he couldn't do it. Naysayers, negative people. Sound familiar? Are there people in your life that are that way? They want to celebrate you on the mountain, but they want to absolutely strand you in the valley. They want to leave you alone in the valley. They're like, yeah, I try to tell them. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, that, that thing's dead. And maybe many of you today walked into 2023 with unanswered prayers or unanswered uh, you know, dreams from last year. And, and, and you may be even standing over top of the corpse of that boy uh, metaphorically and saying, well, it's dead. I'm gonna let the dead be with the dead. I'm gonna bury it in last year and just try to find something new to do. But I believe that God can still do what he's gonna do even when your circumstances and the crowds around you disagree. There's no shortage of negative people for this boy and his dad, and there's no shortage of negative people in your circles today either. We live in a negative world, super negative world, and many people may be looking at your life today thinking you're about to cave, you're about to give in, you're about to die and succumb to this attack over your life. But I'm reminded of Paul in Acts chapter 28 where he lands on the island of Malta and he's gathering sticks and a viper bites his hand. And if you know anything about a viper, a viper's venom can kill you within 48 hours. You can be just flat dead. And the day went on and things continued to go on and the people were like, oh, he's gonna die, he's dead, he's gonna die, he's gonna die. And then it gets to this point where somebody says, I don't think he's gonna die. And the Bible says it this way, their minds began to change about him. And I speak that over your life this year. That the people who have watched you as naysayers, the people that have watched you and spoke death over your situations and circumstances, that their minds are gonna begin to change about you this year. Because you're gonna square your shoulders back and say, even though my circumstances show that I'm not able and that it's not going up, my God can and my God will and he will supply according to his word today. Come on, some people speak death and negativity over you. It's the same people that spoke life of, oh, you should date him, he's cute. But then you guys get married and you hit a little rough patch, you're like, oh, you should leave him, he's trash. <laughs> you see how it is? These two-faced enemies that try to slither into your life like a viper and bite you? It's the same people who are like, hey, you should come join my multi-level marketing diet plan. And then you kind of get off of it because you're really unhealthy and you don't feel good anyways. And they're like, oh, no wonder you're gaining weight. You're not being a part of my IBOs anymore. <laughs> we got these negative people around us. And we can either partner our faith with Jesus or we can partner our faith with doubt. Because you can have faith in things other than Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. 
You can have faith in your abilities. You can have faith in your 401k. You can have faith in all the things that you can touch. We're starting a series next week about that. It's gonna be amazing. You can have faith in stuff, but at the end of the day, it's nothing like faith in Jesus. You can have all those things with Jesus as well. But sometimes you gotta get to this place where you say, I'm not gonna let this negativity around me restrict my access to the power of a God who can. I'm not gonna let the doubt that surrounds me restrict my access to the power of a God who can and a God who will. Gotta have to lean back. When opposition comes, you have to show up. You gotta say, you know what, I, I'm, I don't care if the opposers stand on the fence, eat popcorn and heckle me because my God can. You know, here's a, here's a thought. Opposition is the opportune position for God to show up. You need God to show up more when there's opposition in your life than you do when everything seems pretty good. So stop cursing the thing that's coming against you. Stop cursing the thing that God is using. And roll your shoulders back today and say, even when the crowds and the negative people begin to look at me and speak ill of me and say, oh no, your dream is dead. Quit chasing a dead dream. Even when negativity is surrounding you in your circumstance and the enemy tries to speak negativity into your ears, look at it and say, no, no. Even though the crowds disagree, I believe that our God can. I believe that our God can. But if I had to guess today, one of the greatest opposers that many of us face is not flesh and blood. One of the greatest opposers that we face today is the unknown. It's the unknown. It's the things that we aren't able to wrap our minds around. But isn't that the essence of faith? Isn't that the essence of faith? You see, in our humanity, we hate the unknown because we thrive and we crave control. We want control. We want to be able to know the outcome and have a clear path to get to the outcome and put that within the grip of our palm and to hold it tightly. And if you feel unprepared or unqualified to handle what you're facing today, let me encourage you with this fifth and final thought. Our God can even when we don't know what we're doing. And maybe you left last year, 2022, and you're like, you know what? I don't feel any more equipped to step into this year than I did last year. I've got resolutions that might, I don't know, guide me. I'm gonna do a couple things. I'm gonna maybe delete a couple people on social media and maybe delete a couple people out of my personal life. And, but at the end of the day, you're gonna reach a place where your competency and your aptitude just runs thin. You're like, God, I don't even know what I'm doing. Father, I don't even know what I'm, I'm, I'm doing. In verse 28 and 29, I love how the disciples respond after they go away. It says, when Jesus went to the house, his followers began asking him privately, why couldn't we force the evil spirit out? And Jesus' response is so telling. In the King James, this is how it says, the kind of spirit you face can only be forced out by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. And I'm excited that next week we're gonna start 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because if there's ever been a breakthrough that I've not been able to break through and I've gotten frustrated and gotten all up in my feelings and lost faith and tried and tried and tried and tried again to see breakthrough, 
And it got worse before it got better and I got frustrated and people around me were negative and were like, hey, it's just not gonna change, give it up, Mike. Whenever I've reached that point, you know what I've done? I've fasted and I've prayed and I've sought the Lord and I've gotten in the posture of your will be done but not mine, Father. A sacrifice so that you can take control. We're gonna have Monday nights of prayer. Just stay tuned, the details of that are coming. But many times, like the disciples, we're doing the best we can in our situations, yet we feel like we fall short. And Paul knew this feeling would come upon us after Jesus ascended. He even wrote it to the, the, the church at Corinth in his second letter to encourage them as well as us today. And here's what he said. He said, but he said to me, Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, therefore, I boast all the more gladly in weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults, hardships, and persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And today you may feel feeble or feel weak in whatever you're facing, but let me tell you, in the middle of your weakness, God is made strong. You can put an X marks the spot on your weakness and say, okay, Lord, I've identified it. I invite you to be made strong in that area of my life. Is it finances? Is it feelings? Is it hurt relationships? Is it unforgiveness? Is it bitterness? Is it pride? Is it frustration? What is that area? Put the X on it. Say, I don't know what I'm doing in this area. Clearly, every time I touch it, I break it, God. But I know that in my weakness, you make me strong. You make me strong. We can't feel sometimes that we have the ability to push forward but I love that our ignorance is the greatest place for God to show his faithfulness. In our inability, God shines the brightest. And when he called you and I to this life that we live, he had already factored in our weaknesses. He has a tailor-made calling for your life this year, a tailor-made anointing for you to step into this year Will you take heed of the opportunity. You know where it starts? It starts with you declaring our God can and our God will. And I don't understand sometimes church why God moves the way that he does or even when he moves and decides to move, but I don't ever want it to be because I went with my feelings over my faith. I don't ever want my lack to be because I, I gave up on his promise one attempt too soon. I don't ever want it to be because I was intimidated because it was getting worse before it got better. I, I don't ever want it to be because I went with the crowd's voice instead of Christ's voice. I don't ever want it to be because I relied on my weaknesses instead of relying on his sufficient grace. And whatever your story is today, whatever you're walking through, just remember that our, our God can. He, can. he can heal the drug addict. He can restore the business. He can fix the finances. He can open the doors. He can give favor where there's lack. He can restore your marriage. He can pick up the lowly. He can call you. He can save you. He can deliver you. He can heal you. He can do all things because he's Christ who strengthens us. There's nothing that you're facing but I believe Jesus in this passage and Mark as he uh, recounted this passage, he left us a key to open the lock of living in freedom. And it's in a statement that the boy's father said. He said, I do believe but help my unbelief. And you know what Jesus' response was? So beautiful. Everything is possible for one who believes. And many of you are weary today. Walking into a new calendar year feeling like you're out of options. 
And I ask you, feelings aside, take those feelings and disorient them from yourself for a moment. Failures aside, the failures of the last year or prior set aside. Frustrations set aside. Faults set aside. Do you believe that our God can? Come on, do you believe that our God can? There's nothing that you're facing today that's too scary for him. That's too big for him. He's just asking us to respond like the boy's father. I do believe that our God can. So I've got two calls here at the end of this message. I'm wrapping up. The first one is this. Maybe today you walked in this place and you don't even really believe in Jesus anymore. And maybe that happened through the filter of a church person who hurts you. And I'm very sorry for that. Just remember, this is a perfect idea that Jesus left us in the church that just so happens to be managed by imperfect people. And I'm very sorry that you walk in here heard. Maybe, maybe you walked away from faith a long ago because you went on an intellectual journey, but you're back today. And you're like, my mind hurts because it doesn't make sense to me, this faith thing. And let me just tell you, it doesn't have to make sense to make faith. That's why faith is so powerful. But maybe today you're like, I've walked away from God. I've never given my life to him or surrendered my life to him. There's no better day than the first day of this year to make a decision to come back to Jesus. Because let me tell you, you might've tried drugs. You might've tried alcohol. You might've tried relationships, but nothing's ever gonna fill you until you allow the Father to fill you. Because our God can. So with every head bow and every eyes closed today, I wanna ask this room, I would be remiss not to ask this room if there's someone in this room who knows that they need to get right with Jesus today. Maybe you've walked away before or you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. I just want you to lift your hand up. Very, very, very subtly lift your hand up. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand up? Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Church, would everybody in this room repeat after me? Say, Jesus, I'm tired of doing it on my own. I can't forgive myself. I can't do it myself. But I know that you can. So forgive me of my sin. Clean me by your blood. And forgive me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate. There's a party in heaven right now. There's a party in heaven right now because three lives came back to Jesus. The second call is this. It's very simple. And maybe you were a part of the first one. This isn't a, this isn't a one or the other. This is a buy one, get one free like Publix today. The second call is this. Maybe today you've fallen into one of these categories and, and you've let your feelings override your faith or you've given up on the promise of God too soon or you've intim you were intimidated by, by it getting worse before it got better or maybe you went with the crowds instead of Christ or maybe you relied on your weaknesses instead of leaning in God's grace. But I believe that there's no better way to start this year off by declaring our God can and our God will. And before, I always love to leave a practical nugget. And before I pray over you, and before I ask you to, to indicate that I'm praying for you today, do me a favor, if that's you, if you've let doubt seep into your life, today is the day of eviction. There's no 30-day cooling off period. You evict doubt today. 
You evict fear today. You evict frustration today. You evict it today and you drive to Publix or Walmart or Home Depot or somewhere where you can find post-it notes. And I want you to plaster every workspace, every kitchen, every bathroom of your home with a sticky note that says, I do believe that my God can. I do believe that my God can so that when you're brushing your hair in the morning, you see that and you read it and you say, Father, I do believe today that you can do whatever I need you to do for my life. When you get to work and you sit at your cubicle and you're getting frustrated and downtrodden, you can look at that post-it note and say, I do believe that our God can. Come on, remind yourself. The Bible says that you need to empower yourself through your spirit. You need to pray in your prayer language. Spend time with Jesus, but sometimes a subtle reminder on a post-it note does a million times better than you think it would. That's a practical step, but here's a spiritual step. If you walked in here today and you're tired because you place feelings over faith or any of the other areas we talked about today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, one more time, one more time, would you just shoot your hand up? I want to know who I'm praying for today. Yeah, I see those hands. Yep. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray over you. And then Pastor DJ is going to come and close us out. Father, in the name of Jesus. We know that you can. Father, forgive us of the times, God, that we have tried to take it into our grasp and into our hands instead of trusting in the truth that you can. God, that you can supply every need according to your word, God. That you are an ever-present help in time of trouble. So, Father, today I pray over every hand lifted in this room and everybody in this room who didn't lift their hands. God, I pray, God, a supernatural infusion of power to fall upon them. God, that their circumstances are not their eminence, God. That they're not eminently subject to their circumstance because they believe in you, who is a God of breakthrough, who is a God that can in times of lack and struggle. Father, I just pray, God, that you would move, God, over this church, God, that you would open doors that you've never opened before. God, that you would unlock locks that have been tugged on for years. God, I pray, Lord, that you would release freedom, God, into this church, Father. And God, I thank you, Lord, that even today, 2,000 years after your son ascended to heaven, that you still can. God, that you're still moving and you're still working in our lives, Father. And we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus as Pastor DJ comes. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.